We've come to a very, very important parrot, and every parrot is important, but to a crossroads. There's, a, there's one of the most beautiful midas. There's a midah that, that is shining at this time of the year more than any other time, which is the midah of Tmimus can't even really be translated into English. You know that these are weeks of serious Aymer, the Torah says, Shavash Abbas is Tmimus Tiyana, perfect and whole. What is the meaning of Tmimus? According to the Torah, it's a very, very big sugi in Torah, the meaning of Tmimus. Sometimes it's used to mean when a person is very simple, believing, even, it could even be used in a way of someone being naive, pure nature. <clears throat> we find by the others, it was a big, big need by the others. HaKash Baruch Hu told Avram Avin V'shalach L'fani V'hei Samen. Avram said, I want you to be a Tamim, I want you to reach this Madrega of Tamimus, the Brismila was somehow connected to that perfection as great as a human being can be to be Tamimus. Yankavino is also Ishtam, Yeshevahalam, a person who's Tam, Tamimus. Dabir Melchant Tehillim often comes back to it. So what is this midah of Tmimus? Having learned all that we've learned, <coughs> what's the midah of Tmimus? So Pesh Tzadik Dahalim. Vahem Shech L'Dvarinu L'El, Ma'alu Nekud HaNesefes, Shemak Shabaykin Tivi Al HaNefesh. There's something that stands in the way. There's something that creates a difficulty and prevents us from moving forward on our path towards true Pneumis, towards service of Hashem, serving Hashem in a way of Pneumis. Bechor, the word Bechor, which means, of course, the firstborn. But it doesn't only mean, as we know from the Torah, it's not only referring to human beings, but the world at large has first fruits. <clears throat> when it comes to the when it comes to grain, vegetation, and life, there's something special about the bechor. And there's special dinim and the Torah, special halachas that are related to, to the Bukhara of the behemoth also. Of an animal. We know this, that Bukhara is an aspect of gracious, of the beginning. It's the start of something, it's the beginning of something. Bukhara is the Bukhina of gracious. Gracious the Kurecha, gracious Bukhara. 
The truth is that, of course, the Bechor, the firstborn, is not really the absolute first. It comes from something. A lot of the Bechorists would like to forget that. They don't want to think about that. But there's a, a father and a mother. There's an Abba and there's an Ima. So it's not a complete racist. It's not something that wasn't, has no, it's not something where there's nothing before it. There's a, their parents. <coughs> In the case of human beings, we speak like that. If there's no father and mother, there's no children. If there's no offspring, then there's no firstborn. So What is that nakuda that comes before the Bukhar? What does that mean? The Bukhar on the one hand is the beginning. And we recognize that and there are certain special halachas that acknowledge how special the Bukhar is. On the other hand, the Bukhar is not absolutely the beginning. There's something before. There's something before the Bechor. What is that Nakuda? You'll see in a moment what he means. Bechor, Bechor, Ho'asias shall harkavah. Bechor itself is a remarkable word. Just the letters of Bechor. The letters are letters of harkavah, which means the letters themselves construct, build the word in that sequence of days. Days is is a single digit. It means it's from the what do you call it in math? You know the, the two. And then chaf is twenty. Measaris and and resh is mehameis is two hundred. So the order of Bechor, it's also the word Bracha. Be'ez Reish Chof, but there's not in that order. But in the word Bechor, it's an amazing word. <coughs> it's two, twenty, and two hundred. Be'ez, Chof, Reish. Elugam Oisi is the same letters as the word Rechev. Rechev, which we might be more familiar with in its modern usage as some vehicle or means of transportation, but Rechev really means when something is composed of some, uh, it's, it's built and composed of different of different units, of different pieces. Rechev, Sherish Hamila Harkava. The word Harkava, which means to take different pieces and to put them together and to build something. So the, the word Bechor, Beis Chaf Reish, is building something out of these blocks of a two, twenty, and two hundred. And remarkably, the word Bechor has itself the letters Rechev, which means something is something is built in such a way. Rechev means it's more kav. It's more kav. It was constructed by these different pieces, composed of different pieces. 
We understand that even though the Bukhara looks at himself and says, I'm the first, look at me, I'm really special. And that's that's nice and that's true. But the emphasis is that there's something before you that led to you. So the Bukhar himself is, is the Bukhar, which is Beis Chavresh, but the Mitzis of the Bukhar is exactly that. That even though he's here now, but there was a process of Beis Chavresh. He didn't come to the world from nothing. He came to the world from parents. And there was a Harkava. There was a Rechev. Even the word Rechev, which means to transport a vehicle which moves from one place to the other, it's really the same concept as harkava. Harkava means to build something from one step at a time, to get from a lower state to a higher state, and so on, or to move from one level to another level. It all is the same concept, harkava. Whenever you have a word and the letters can be moved around in different ways, all of them relate to the same, the kuda, the inner the kuda. All of the words, all of, whenever you could spell more than one word with the, with the same letters, you could spell different words, they all, they're all related to one another. So, even though the Bukhor, even though the Bukhor feels that he's the first, and in a certain respect, he's the first of the children, that's true. But he is really part of a process, and he's composed of an Abba and Nima. And they themselves are composed of their Abba and Nima. So he's really a composite. He's not something new. So in that respect, although he is a Bukhor according to Halacha, but he's not entirely new. He's part of a process. <clears throat> There's a harkava. Something was built and constructed here over time. Parents are married and had a child. And there's a harkava, which is a sign of bracha. Bracha means when there's an increase. The first bracha of the Torah is that Hashem's bracha said to other mechava to have children. Through this harkava, through this fusion, this joining together of other mechava, there would be something new in the world. Something, again, it appears to be entirely new, but it's not. The children are the result of the harkava, of the joining together of the father and mother. And the first one is called the bracha. And that's the beginning of bracha. Since the first place that bracha is used, in that way, is the first place of bracha is is regarding human beings, is having children. So we understand that through that harkava, through that composition of of thank you. It's better. And through that harkava of the parents, we now have a bracha. You have a bracha. That bracha is something extra, something beyond the next step. And that's the same letters as the word rechev. Rechev again means to move. To move. Something that a vehicle, something that transports. We understand that the parents move on in history through having children. 
something can continue. I just understand the letters, these letters. But the Bechor Atzmai, I'm doing that, I appreciate what I'm doing that. Good, 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 That's very nice. I can use that, I can take that home. Thank you, Shkai. So, the Bechor himself is composed, is, a, is something that really has in him his father and his mother, and genetically, we understand that every molecule that's inside this child is really built by the Abba So he's a hardcover. Even though he's special because he's the first child, and therefore he's the only one of the children, if they will be God, when God saw future children, he was the only one that had mommy and daddy just to himself. And everybody knows that afterwards, if there are other children, that the firstborn never recuperates from that, from that loss of, of uh, uh, that loss of the malchus, of, of having my parents all to myself, all to myself. So, <clears throat> it's not entirely mechudish. That's why the word bechor is itself beis chav resh. It's not so posh. He's composed of pairs until we got to that. So what does this have to do with what we're learning with Tamimus? Pay close attention. In the Kudus in our Avodas Hashem, in the Kudus HaKedemes LaHakovitz, in the Kudus HaPshitas, Shekayemes Ba'oymek Nafshay Shulhaav. Means all of us are complicated. All of us are complicated because we're composed of many different things. All of all of life's experiences, together with what we've inherited, even genetically, and so on. Each person is the complicated is the complicated combination of many, many, many factors of physical, emotional, that contribute to this mitzvah of a person. And because we're so complicated, there are many complications. That's, that's the result of being complicated. You'll never find an, an amoeba like going to a therapist. At least we've never heard of such a thing. Or, you know, you'll not, you, you won't have, like, you know, a, a, a giraffe either, like schmoozing with somebody, like, you know, having such a hard time. Uh, you know, this and that. There's no such thing. The more the harkava, listen carefully, the more complicated, the more parts and pieces of something. On the one hand, the more bracha, because there's more, it could change and increase and so on, because it has these, it has all of these components which give it the opportunity for more. But at the same time, there's more of a likelihood of getting lost, of forgetting the essential character of the soul. Therefore, whereas animals are less complicated, there's a certain pshitas, 
has a certain pashtus that an animal has, he's less more kav than a human being. He has arms and legs, depending on what kind of an animal it is, but as far as the brain is concerned, and the heart, whatever, the unique features and characteristics of a human being, the ability to, to reason and to speak, the animal is less composite. He's less complicated than a human being. Which means there's less potential for bracha. But then on the, on the other hand, on the other hand, there are less complications. Right? This is, this is clear. It's obvious that this is, this is the, the source of bracha and at the same time the source of aggravation and, and frustration. There's an akuda that's deep inside each and every one of us. That Nakuda which is Kaidemis Lahakovis, which is called Nakudas Hapshitas. You know from the Swarm that there's a Nakuda, there's a point of Pshitas. Now the word Pshitas comes from the word Lahapshit. Lahapshit means to tear away, to strip away layers. That's Lahapshit. <coughs> It's the opposite of something being composite and complicated. If something is poshit, doesn't mean dumb. Poshit, like they say, or an expression, a poshit yid. A poshit yid is a big thing. A poshit yid. A simple Jew. Doesn't mean, it doesn't mean a simpleton. It doesn't mean foolish or silly or dumb. The Kadmonim speak about brought down in the Toshach speak about a person preparing for davening by hafshotas ha-gashmis, ha-chumis, stripping away the physical connections to the world. So we have something which is more kav, complicated, composite, many pieces. Hafshota means, lahafshit means to, be, to tear away or to unpeel the layers and to get to the basic point. I've often mentioned this as a marshal. You know that there are some people that when they study, there's a very big business in America, probably in other places in the world too, these highlighters, you know what I'm talking about. They have, they have pink also and, and yellow and different colors. You know what I'm talking about, right? So, yeah, so it's a, it's a, okay. <laughs> they make they make fat they make fat ones and skinny ones right they make all different types of highlights and they're very very useful very useful things some of them I think like glow in the dark or something they're very useful and then you have you have some people that when they that when they when you look at the books that they've studied in school it looks like almost all of the book is highlighted <laughs> that's generally the sign of a weak-minded person. That, that doesn't mean dumb, but a weak-minded person, a strong-minded person, is able to detect the nakuda hapshuta, the inner point of the chapter of the page, whereas the other person is just, you know, sometimes you see someone's going like back and forth, and not even, just going, okay. How could that be? It's not English and Hebrew, it's just one language, so how could it be both directions? You see people highlighting like that. They just keep on drawing. Instead, it would have been easier just to highlight the things that they didn't have to read, which would have only been a line or two here and there. 
and then when they come and it comes time for studying for the final, whatever it is to come back to that, or, when, or they're writing a paper and they have to remember certain things, they see everything's yellow. So, what did what what did it help? Because every time they come to another sentence, they say, "Ooh, that's important. I have to know that. Ooh, that's important. I have to know that." And each time they get excited about the next sentence, which is very sweet, but it's just, it's, a, it's not a good sign of intelligence. When I say intelligence, it doesn't mean the person's dumb. It means a certain way of thinking, which is thinking with pshitas. Pshitas means to to strip away the outer layers and to be able to detect the inner point of something. That's the nakuda pshuta. The other things are composite and complicated, and therefore that therefore oftentimes you'll notice that the person who does less highlighting gets higher grades than the big highlighters. The big highlighters don't necessarily do better. Even though you think that they're so conscientious because they're sitting there all day long drawing on their books. And you have another person who looks at the page, who looks at the chapter, and is able to take out from the chapter the nekudahatlimus of the chapter, to write it down maybe on a piece of paper. Chapter 20 of this book might have 40 pages. The person has on it five lines. Watch out for that person. There, there's a tremendous amount of potential. The one who knows how to who knows how to break down that which is complicated, that's composite, into its <coughs> basic nakuda apshitas. Now that's just a marshal in this world. In Avaidas Hashem, there's a mida of tamimus of pshitas. And that mida is that a person is able to get to the inner point of something before it became complicated. Before it had all the extra sentences and lines, even though they're all important. Again, that's a matter of discernment. The person could say, I don't know what to I don't know what to highlight, this all looks important to me. Usually that person only read the chapter one time and they just highlight a lot. But a person who reads it two or three times before they highlight, if there is such a person. But a person who reads it two or three times before the highlight, and they have a better grasp, and they're looking for the inner nakuda, they'll only highlight every now and then. Every three or four pages, there'll be one sentence. Come on. Nakuda ha is the inner core of something before it got complicated. Children are so delightful because everything that comes out of their mouths is with pshitas. It's not with a, it's not composed of different chashbainas of what what is my friend going to think of me? What is my friend going to think of me? That's already a complicated thought. What's my friend going to think of me? The kid couldn't kill us. The kid walks into the room. He's got his shirt out. It's filthy. He's got all kinds of filth all over him. And the mother will say something like, Yankee, don't don't you see what you look like? Don't doesn't it bother you? And the terror says, What? Not at all. Because there's a Yankee that came before the Shmutz. And Yankee doesn't identify with the Shmutz. It's it's I don't know how that got onto me. There's something that got onto me over time, over the course of the day, stuff got on me. <clears throat> That's not Yankee. But the mother is already in a place of Harkava, 
what will the neighbors think? I did not raise children this way. I don't come from a home like that. Um, I'm going to have to do the laundry now for the third time today. These are already composite, you understand, these are complications. Children suffer from their parents' complications. They themselves are uncomplicated. They live in a place of cheetahs. Cheetahs, undressed, meaning Toshit, Lahavshit, Toshit. The Nakudas Havaida, Hanakudas Shakademis Laharkovas, Hinakudas Hapshitas Shakemis Baimak Nafshashil Ha'ad. The Nakuda Hapshitas, that is in the person. When something touches that, whether you want to or you don't want to, you usually cry. If something touches that place, it's very hard not to cry. It's very hard not to. As long as the person is holding on to himself, to his presence, to his existence, to his nefesh, in a way of hakava, complications, meaning hakava, something bad, but it's composed and built of different parts and different layers. Again, as I said before, which is the source of much bracha. The child is not going to, this child is not going to come up with, a little boy is not going to come up with the theory of relativity. The little boy is not going to come up with big right? So as sweet as it is, we obviously hope that there will be harkavis that will lead to brachas in this child's life as he grows up. But the greatest tragedy of growing up is what? Losing the tamimis and the pshitas of a child. Losing the nekudah tamimis. Kol zman sh'odam oichiz madregis nafsha b'ni shal ha'kava. As long as the person is holding on to this ha'kava, which can often, which can very easily happen to the b'chor. He's so filled with himself <clears throat> that he doesn't, he doesn't remember that, that he himself is composed of father and a mother, and he just looks at himself as, the, as a certain, as a certain finished product. The bechor. Well, underneath the bechor, there's a beis achav, an arish. He's more kav, and because of that harkava. The Nakuda Hapshita, the Nakuda of Pshitas, of Pashtas, could be hard for him to detect. He doesn't see it. Calls Mashalam Eichas Madregis Navsha, Dinya Shalakava, Harakava Atzma, Hiahahel, the Kuda Pnimis, Abshuta Shabanavish. The more composed and complicated the person is, and the more he's holding on to all those different layers and pieces and parts, the more concealed is that simple Nakuda Pnimis Abshuta Shibanefish. The Nakuda Pnimis Shibanefish is more covered, more hidden. Look at the next words. Without Pshitas, one is missing the inner taste, the true taste of life. 
without pshitas, one cannot truly taste life. The most essential nakud in a person is life. And a person who is lost in the complications of the, of Harkava, with all of the brachas that might come with it, a person has five degrees, he has five homes, he has five children, he has five wives, he has five everything. With all of those brachas, he doesn't taste life. Because the taste of life, the taste of life is Nakuda, is the Nakuda of Pshitas. And therefore the person who doesn't have Pshitas, who's never able to be Toshet, Lahav Shit, who's never able to strip away the layers that he's accumulated over the years of thoughts, opinions, and so on. That person is Chosus Atamak He's missing the inner taste of life. The other This person could die at 120, living in an entire world in Chitzaynis. Just Chitzaynis. So that that woman can raise little Yankee, never ever delighting in the, in the true taste of who the child is, just in concerns over whether his shape is clean or dirty. And, and, what, and those concerns change, obviously, whether he's doing well in school or not, whether he is at the top of his class, whether he's going to get into the best yeshiva, the best college, whether this and whether that, and how he's like this and how he's like that. But never the kshitas of the taste of the child himself. And a person can live his entire life in chitzonis, in absolute chitzonis, while being very respected, could be brilliant and accomplished. Brilliant and accomplished, but without any pshitas. And without any pshitas, there's no tamachai. There's no taste of life. It's all artificial flavoring. Artificial ingredients. All things that are just um, made in the laboratory, not the essence itself. Like um, someone was telling me that he, he, he has a hard time going to sleep. So he got some kind of a I don't know, it's a machine or a CD that it plays different sounds, like like you're in the forest or something, or the sounds of the ocean. I don't know why that why that would help you go to sleep. But I, I, I don't know. My wife is from Brooklyn. She can't stand the sounds of like a bird outside. She prefers like trucks and things. <laughs> but she came from there, like in Kanasi, There was like a lot of a lot of noise on the street. And so she, she she has a hard time sleeping, like in the country. And all there was like one bird. Going chirp chirp and my wife can't take it, <laughs> but she's fine like it, you know. There's all kinds of stuff going on, people yelling, and that's okay. <laughs> so they have this. So they have this machine, and the machine imitates, or the CD imitates natural sounds. So that the person is lying in bed and he's having a hard time sleeping, so he could hear sounds of the ocean and think that he's someplace, you know, place in Atania somewhere. And, and, and it helps him to go to sleep, it helps to calm him down. It's all artificial flavoring. Life is filled, the more complicated the world gets, and the more complicated life gets, the more artificial is the flavor, the more artificial flavoring that's added to life to try to imitate pshitas.
It's all trying to imitate the beach. Or to imitate a quiet day in the forest. It's not quiet day in the forest. The guy, is, the guy has like a thousand things on his head and he's got all kinds of appointments. He's not in the forest. He walks out of his door and he's, he's you know, he's by the, uh, by the F train or something. What kind of forest? But to, if you make believe for a little bit, so maybe it'll help you feel better. That's all our coven is. That's why a train is also a kevis, right? It's a train. It's all to get a person from one place to another. But it gets you to another place, but you leave the place that you began from. You understand? And that... Elu berech avelu basusim v'nachlu b'shem Hashem elokein and ma'askir. Elu berech avelu basusim means that a person transports himself away from the essential akuda of who he is. And although that's necessary in life, one has to become complicated. If you grow up, you become complicated. But when you meet somebody who's who has still who's still holding on to the pshitas and the tamimus, it's it's an unbelievable, unbelievably refreshing experience to meet a person like that. Unbelievably refreshing experience. When you meet a person that's like that, it's like, wow. Because they're not trying to be that way. It's just that's how it is. And again, that's not to do with intelligence. She explains, let's, let's, let's talk about this a little bit more and try to understand this. And bring it closer to us. One of the earliest svarim that the Jewish people have. The Sefer Tilim from David Amalek. Every one of our grandmothers and great grandmothers lived mamish with Tilim, and many of our grandfathers also. It wasn't just for women in those days. They lived with Tilim. The Tilim. The Tehillims were not fancy, they were not leather-bound with, with the transliterations and all kinds of stuff. They were just old Tehillims, usually handed down from one generation to the next, usually with pages that were thick, with crumpled with, over the years from use and from tears and so on. Tehillims. And we know the Chazal revealed to us, that miraculously David Melch was able to put into Tehillim all the Tehillim that any Jew would ever have to daven. Everything is included in Tehillim. Everything that a Jew could ever need, want, hope for is all wrapped up into those in those words of Tehillim. From Nofim Chazal. So you would think that this would be a bestseller. No? Which it might be. But as far as how much is it being used, the more complicated we've become, the less popular Tehillim has become. Not classes on Tehillim, that there are more of. Classes are complicated. Translations there are more of. But to say Tehillim, the more complicated people become, the less connected they are to Tehillim. Even though Dr. Mal is crying over that. Based upon this, since David Malch, we know the truth, the Mitzis is that David Malch put every one of us into Tehillim. Anything that he went through, we, we go through, whatever David Malch went through, everything for us, and all of his Tehillim are our Tehillim. So you would think 
that every single person with mamish be living with a table. There are some people that are like that still, Hashem, but it's much much less common than it used to be. That everybody would would naturally, not because they have to, or because there's somebody got you that they're sick and dying and they made a project or something, but it's a need of the soul to say, till him every day. He said, it's truly a wonder. See, it's not so simple to say till. It's not simple. The worst thing that could happen to a person is if, like, there's a Tehillim campaign and somebody assigns you with Kofiut tests, you know? Yeah. Uh, if we divide that up a little bit, you know? <laughs> so, it's not easy. It's not easy to say Tehillim. Anoshim menasim lema Tehillim. People try to say Tehillim because they know that it's good and it brings all kinds of amazing brachas. And, and they know that Dov Melch did is a big taiva and it's very powerful, but they feel Magisham Kaishi, oh, it's hard to do. It's hard to say to them. Dov Lachar Tamua, it's really hard to understand. Nobody could say that Tilim is not for me. Now, you could say that maybe by certain Svarim, that that's, uh, it's not for me. I don't understand, it's not for me. You could say that this way of learning is not for me. You know, it's not my, it's not, I, I don't know. I don't have that, I don't get it. It's not for me. Yeah, that's true. Everybody has a chalik in Tyra. That's not, uh, that particular area of Tyra is not your cup of tea. Beside that. As long as there are other Yidin that are learning it, that's also good. There's plenty of what to learn, and if you don't have it, well, you said, I'll do that. And the Gemara says, You learn Torah that you feel like learning. You enjoy that Torah. You like learning that. You learn it. Say that. That's when it comes to other areas of learning. Say that this, that this is not from the Sherish of mind, the Shaman. I have to learn this piece of, uh, of Torah. There's other Torahs. I'll say for Tehillim, Harry Omer Chazal. The Tilim Chazal say it's not possible to say that. Every single Jewish Neshama from the time of David and Malach till Mashiach is in Tilim. It's wrapped up with Tilim. As I said before, in Tilim David and Malach already put all the different possible in your, uh, things that a person can go through in life. Well, good times and bad times. Everything is there. Imkain. Therefore, but if in TV, in a very natural way, yeah. it would be natural that every single person should be connected to Tillam and, and, and walk around with it with the same, with the same uh, um, crumpled pages as our, as our grandparents. What is this inside of a person that's making Tilim hard to say? What is it that's making it difficult? It can't be that it's not connect, it's not connected to him. Tilim is for everybody. What's making it hard to say Tilim? That makes it so hard 
58 chapters of Tehillim. From the depths of the heart, the outpouring of the soul. She says it's a wonder. And those who have seen Jews like this, that say Tehillim, know that there's something different. And that it's not forced. It's not a project. It's not some. It's not because of something that, that uh, because we're all going to try to get married, so we're all going to do this or do that. It's not, no, no, no nice little, you know, kunz, religious kunzim, to do something. Just tell them something. There isn't a Shabbos in, in, my, in my life. And no matter how early I get up, and my, my father's always on the side, my father's in the house, even this past is that my father's not sitting by the window and saying, kill him. From what hour? I have no idea. I've never, I don't know when it is, because I get, if I get up at 5.30, my father's there. If I get up at 5, he's there. If I get up at 6.30, he's there. The whole time, until shul, for hours, on Shabbos morning. And there's no, there's no project that he's working on. He doesn't offer things like that. What is that? And why is it something that that it's, it's so hard for us as the years go by? It's becoming harder and harder. There are exceptions. But why is that? This is what we're learning. Sefer Tehillim the root of Tehillim is what David Melch said about himself. I go in a way of Tmimus. Here we have the smartest person in the world, the richest person in the world. It's the essence of Dabra Malach. The Khina Shaltam Shu Hepach Hahakav. Tam is the opposite of Murkav. Hakava is complicated, composite, built of many pieces and layers, and Tam is simple. The opposite of pilpul. Pilpul is when a person gets into all kinds of svaras, ideas, concepts, and reasoning, and so on. Kolzman shadam nimsa bebchina. As long as the person is in this way of harkava, <coughs> of complications, and he hasn't reached that inner nakuda that's of quiet, the nakuda to the nakuda of tmimus. It's very hard to die. 
It's very hard to say till. You'll say what you're assigned to say. Or you have that amount for the day, and you'll try to say it as quickly as you can. Finished. It's very hard to be at Tehillim Zogar. You can't fake that. You can't fake that. You still go to the old neighborhoods, like, you know, go to the bar park, still on the Lower East Side, there, you over there. In these places, you find in, in every shul there, Tehillim Zogar's. Still, still, the leftover from the old Tehillim Zogar's. Again, there are some new ones, too, younger ones, but it's much, much less common. Much less common. So what's the chilek? It would be very, very wrong for us to say that, well, they, they, you know, they're uneducated people. I'm educated. If that's what education has done to us, then Hashem should take away all of our education. If that's what it's done to us. We've lost the Tamimis, the Pshitas, and then Kudah Tamimis, that quiet place of Tamimis inside of a person, and in, in the absence of that, Tehillim is very hard to say. I mean, Mele to Davin is hard. That's why Davin is very hard. Much of Davin, of course, is Tehillim. And we know that the Anshe Knesset also included in, the, in those words all of our Tehillim. And Davin is, is a very, very big strain on a person. Again, there are some people who are big Daveners, but to a large extent, it's not that the overall situation of Davin, Chazal already said, is something which is the highest thing in the world, and, and now the Mizazel, when people mistreat it, davening is mistreated, terribly mistreated. Worse than mistreated, it's abused. Davening is mistreated. The shuls and, and, and people on their own, this davening is it's hard. Because davening is, davening is drawing directly from the Midah of Peshitas and Tamimas. Not learning. Learning draws from complicated, from Hakkad. <clears throat> to be great in learning, one has to know how to break things down, as I was talking about studying before, without highlighting all the time, of course. But the difference, what Tzaddik says, be, the, between davening and learning, is davening, the more one has, the better. With, with learning, did I say davening? Sorry. With learning, the more one accumulates, the better. With learning. With davening, the less one has, the better. Because by davening it says, Tefillah la'ani, the prayer of the poor man is the most powerful prayer. With learning, the, the greater the wealth, the greater the Talmud Chalcham, the more he's accumulated. The whole sherish of Tefillah comes from that feeling of, I have only you, I have nothing. The, the prayer of the poor person, Tefillah la'ani ki'atev, with Hashem Yishpeh The Tefillah of the poor person, Mr. Malf called himself, that's Tamimus, that's Pshitas, that's, this is who I am. So, <clears throat> I have nothing, I have only you. But the complicated person could be a great Talmud could be great in learning. But it doesn't necessarily mean that he's able to doubt It was a wondrous thing by the Tzaddikim to see such such great Talmud Chacham, like, like the Divi Chaim, the stories of the sons of He's learning, he, was, he, he had a, a, a unique mind, and he was the God of Hador. And then when it came time for, for davening, and he closed the Gemara, he became a fiery angel, Mamish, a sorry for davening. The Badich for these Sadiq and Balatanya. A lot of the boys now, they grow up in Yeshiva, and they see the, the, many of the Rosh Yeshiva, Shem, Shem, Yachim, many of the Rosh Yeshiva themselves come late to daven. Or they stand half the time during davening, looking at a safe or something. 
it's it's davening is hard because you need a meter pshidus and tamimus to daven, and that's where the mouth is coming from. Davening is the gate through which one enters into all of Avodas Hashem. There's nothing without davening. This is the gate to Hashem. As long as a person, as long as those doors are locked, a person can't daven. You're still on the outside. It means you are a murkav. You are complicated. And because you're so complicated, you don't relate to the pshitas of David HaMelech need the Tumi Eilech. You don't relate to it. And therefore you live on the outside, not on the inside. The taste of life is on the inside, not on the outside. That's just a mitzvah. The taste of life is the inside, not the outside. Without davening, a person is bachutz, a person is outside. Hey, Sadiq Rav. Vafilu eshar haknisa adayin loichotze. He never got past the entrance. Hey, Sadiq Rav. He never even got past the entrance. Certainly, forget about getting, he can't, he's, he never got past the entrance. He certainly hasn't gotten into any of the inner chambers places, he says. He's stuck outside. He's stuck outside. He wants to go inside. Inside is to a place that is not more kav. It's uncomplicated. It's not the concept of God, it's God himself. It's not the concept of happiness, it's happiness. It's not the concept, it's not the concept of, of Yeshemayim. It's, it's, it's the thing itself. It's not artificial flavoring. It's the thing itself. Without davening, you're outside. That's mitzis, it's not punishment. That's the reality. Without davening, you're outside. All of your thoughts... And all of your binyanim, all of the ruminations that you, and all the things you have in your head, that you could spend the rest of your life talking to people about, whether you're paying to talk or you're not paying to talk. All of those thoughts are harkavis, harkavis. And in a medavim kan, alasogus madregis gavayis b'miyuchad. Rashi I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about reaching a person being on a big madrig like a tzaddik. They're talking about a person being able to have some shaykhis to to true spirituality, not just the word spirituality. This person is so spiritual. You put on your you put on your resume for the for the spiritual. We don't know what it means anymore. Spiritual. The emiss is in order for a person of a shaykhis, the pnimis. Mukhrach shatiyalai tefila amitis kitsarasa. It's only together with real tefila, with real davening, with warm, heartfelt davening. Or else it could be that God in his life is a concept. It's very hard to dive into a concept. 
It's very hard to dive into an idea, to a concept. You could dive into your father. You could talk to your father. You could talk to your best friend. You could pour out your heart to your father and your best friend to a concept. To the God of Israel who took us out of Egypt. I don't know. I was never in Egypt. I don't know. The God of Egypt. You could dive into God who's your father and he's your best friend. And you could talk. But to a concept. Concepts are the, the concepts come from Harkavis. Yabinyan. <clears throat> there are many brachas, of course, that comes from building ideas and concepts that they take you away. Like the word Rechev. They transport you from the place where you come from. The place where a Jew comes from is the Barnsham's our father and our friend. Not an idea. Not a concept, not a philosophy. It's a mitzvah. That's why you see davening is not. Davening doesn't go big. Davening is not big. It's stronger in general by women, which itself is a very deep Indian. The chlal, women are less more kavos than men. That's for another time, not for in general. But for, but for most people, davening is very, very hard. It's easier for women, the derech chlal. In order for davening to be real, real davening, real davening, it has to come from that place inside of oneself that's called Tamimus Benefesh. From that place of Ashrei Tamimi Derech. It has to come from that place. Whenever it comes from I have to daven, I'm supposed to daven. I signed up to daven. I'm getting in trouble if I don't daven. That's not from Tamimus. That's not from Tamimus. The same way you would never say, if a person's in a marriage, let's say, if a person's in a marriage where, where he has to be told every few days, by the way, don't forget, don't forget to say hello to your wife, don't forget, don't forget to be nice to your husband, don't forget to say, have a nice day, sweetheart. It's if your person lives like that. He has to put it onto his, onto his computer, or whatever, onto his thing. He goes beep, 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 and he looks at something and says, tell him to have a nice day, have a nice day. Why? Because it's not coming from the Midah Midas. That Midah that's called Tmimas Benefesh. It's not from the Midah of Tmimas Benefesh. It's a Hakkara. It's a Bipa. It's a reminder. It's a Hakkara. It's an idea. It's a concept. To be nice. But I realize that it's, it's worthwhile to be nice and I should try to be nice. So I have something to remind me to stop for a moment and be nice. But that's not. It's not the makor of is benefish. When you meet a person that's really nice, not, but really nice, it's just, it's different. There's a tmimus benefish that's really nice. It's not acting nice or being nice as a cheshben, even though that's all good too. Of course that's good. It's not a cheshben of, of being nice or that he, you know, that he majored in, in niceness in college or something. And he passed, he got high grades and he wrote a paper on the subject of being nice. There's a tmimus benefesh that's uncomplicated. It's not composed of layers of fears of what will people think of me? How should I act under these 
circumstances, it's proper to say, have a nice day to people. And therefore, you will often find that Davka by simple people, Jews and Lahavdananjas, when you meet a person who's a Poshet, sometimes the more Poshet, very often the nicer. And we've met people like that. You can meet people like that that are custodians in buildings that we grew up in, in yeshivas, that we had my yeshiva, a fellow that was, was, was like the sweetest, nicest guy you could ever meet in the world. Zah Poshet Dimensh. Poshet Dimensh. Everybody, a good word, everybody a smile, everybody a pat on the back, you know, just like a, a, a great guy, a great guy. And he wasn't a miyuchas tarmavinu, you understand? There's certain tamimas, a pashtas in a person. Sometimes you find that by the ones who are more poshat, that there's, that they're simply nicer. Because they're not complicated. And in the absence of complications, they don't have cheshbonus to be afraid to approach somebody and to say, hey, have a nice day. Not to think, what are they going to think of me? I just come over and say, have a nice day. You know, they will think I'm, I'm being inappropriate. But you know, yeah. so, well, they make a cheshbonus. Like children. Right? Children do it all the time. There's no The child doesn't sit there. I don't know if I should say this. I shouldn't say this. The kid just says it. Which, of course, uh, you know, can, can make people uncomfortable. And if an adult acts that way, it could be very inappropriate. But there's still something refreshing about it. Even though there might be some something that's inappropriate, but everybody forgives a child for being that way. But nobody forgives an adult for being that way. That's how it is. But there's a midah pshitas, of tamimus benefesh, and it's directly related to tefillah. So next time we're going to continue to see how David Amalek is telling us how to become people like this, and what this means, and how to somehow uncovered in the Kudah of Tamimus inside of ourselves.